Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We are here. We've made it to another week. Welcome back to your National League podcast with us, Luke Sports Media. I'm Grant, as you'll probably know, the only Scottish guy that you'll probably listen to on a weekly basis if you listen to any sort of National League podcast. This week, I am joined by Aaron. Hey, hi, Hello. Aaron. Great we to be back Luke. again. I know, it's good to have you back, mate. It's good to have you back. We have Luke back again, our National Ayo, League. Cheers, and this week, we have a new face. We have a new face joining us. Is this a guest appearance? Maybe the first guest appearance of many. From the absolute, absolute, am I, am I right? You see yourself? Yeah. You should correct me if I'm wrong. Absolute podcast, absolutely lower league. We have Shar. Hello. Hello. How is everyone? Good. I'm good. Yeah, good. I'm good, buzzing yeah. to have you here. Buzzing I know. You could have picked a better week, though, guys. I mean, we lost. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The Wheelstone Raider definitely seemed to have your number this week, Shah. Maybe you already had it. Maybe you already had it. I'm joking. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> the Wheelstone Raider, really. No. <laughs> that's how bad it is. <laughs> I'm not- that's how bad it is. <laughs> I'm not, I don't want to flex or anything, but I've got his number, but he just ignored me. So, yeah. That's basically. Are we, is it, have we changed from a football podcast to a dating podcast this no. quickly? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not allowed back on already, am I? Anyone wants Shar's number, it is zero. Sit- no, I'm only joking. I'm not giving away that early in the pod. Not that early in the podcast. We'll save that till later. How is everyone, how's everyone's week been anyway? Decent, busy, busy. Potentially, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna plug myself here. I've been preparing today for potentially, well, not potentially, probably the biggest night of my career. 
um, so far on Thursday coming. It is the FCA's The Football Content Awards and I am up for two nominations. So yeah, I went and got a suit today. Never, I've never really worn a suit in my life, so yeah, it's been been a busy day, but I'm very excited. Tell us a little bit about what you're nominated for. Yeah, so um, so I'm in two separate categories. So I'm in the disability inclusion and diversity individual category for like my work as a journalist, and then uh, at the start of last year, I helped found a disability supporters association at Oldham Athletic, which is the club I support for my sins. Um, and I founded the Disability Sports Association along with our chairman, Frank Rothwell. And the work that we've done as an organisation is also up for recognition and up for an award. Outstanding. Yeah. Absolutely outstanding. Well, good luck with both nominations, right? Thank you surely, very much. Surely you're going to bring them both home. Look, I yeah. believe you're also, you're also nominated for an FCA, aren't you? Yes, don't know how, but yeah, I've been nominated for the um, best podcast in National League because obviously I have won a separate one myself. Um, you know, it's good to be fair because I've been doing it for a few years now, and um, yeah, it's good to to finally get a nomination. But I wasn't expecting it, so yeah, just happy to be there to be honest. But it's a bit of a faff with having to get suits and stuff. I know I had my prom like a couple of months ago, and then went to an after party afterwards, and I left my jacket there, and I still need to collect that ahead of Thursday. So yeah. Um, can you remember where you put it? No, but I just I just messaged <laughs> the, I just messaged the lad who um, I remember leaving it there. Um, it must have been, it must have been a good after party that. Was. <laughs> yeah, it, it certainly was. To be fair, it certainly <laughs> was. Um, but I know, but yeah, I can't even really remember. But I just remember um, I left my jacket, so I need to get that. But I'm hoping he's still got it. I'm sure. Surely you're going to win the best National League podcast. I can't see, I can't see you not winning that, mate. No, I've got a there's, that old, there's the Oldham one, isn't the uh, Latics football phoning on there? So, I yeah, so, so, so this is like I'm like I'm torn here because I think you do some wonderful, wonderful stuff. By the way, yeah. and for your age, I think you're incredible at what you do. I just like to say that on a, a public platform. Cheers, I would appreciate but, that, mate. I've been on our Boundary Park Alert System podcast more times than I can count. So I've got a very good working relationship with them boys. So like, if you could both share the award, that would be the perfect outcome for me, I guess. Well, I know like the on the vlogging side of it, because obviously there's a separate thing. So I know a lot of like lads who, who were doing like vlogging and so they do a bit different to me. And there's a few of them, so there's an older shot vlogger, a darking vlogger. Um, a few different ones, bunch of amateurs as well. I think it's best in mm -hmm. video, actually. And I'm like, who do I actually vote for here? And then they're all like going there, and and you get some of them like saying, "Oh, I voted for you," and then you're a bit like, "Yeah, do I need do I need to vote for you?" I can't say I voted for you back because I don't know who to vote for. To be honest, <laughs> so I'm in a bit of a difficult position. To be honest myself, I get what you mean. Sure, we're in good yeah. company here, aren't we? I know. Yeah, very good We've company what we've got to strive to over the next 12 months now. And I've been talking about the Wheelstone Raider. I'm not going anywhere, am I? <laughs> <laughs> Never I mind. You, I tell you what, what a week we've had in the National League. We've, we're back to having a full card of games. We've not had one We've not had one game and a load of FA Cup games. We've had a full card. We've had a sacking. We've had a goalkeeper recall on loan. We've had a top-of-the-table clash. There's just been so much happening. Where should we start? 
I think, I don't know, that, well, the most eye-catching result to me is probably just because I, I spoke about maybe not being able to translate to Rob Elliott uh, at Gateshead when Mike Williamson left. I said, I don't know whether he'll be able to get, you know, the same style of play that Williamson did. And it wasn't kind of translating in the, in the results in the first couple of weeks for Elliot. But this weekend, something must have clicked because they've gone absolutely crazy and beat Dawkins 6-0. So, yeah, maybe we should maybe we should start there because that definitely seems like the most entertaining game. We spoke about Dawking. I think the last three weeks we spoke about Dawking, haven't we, in quite a bit of detail. Um, they, they won the first, the last one that we've seen, no, that we covered. They won the first, from the very first podcast that we've done. They beat um, Aldershot 2-1. And then they went on to have two heavy, heavy defeats on the bounce. Oh, they lost 3-1 to, to Dagenham. Now they've lost 6-0 to Gateshead. Yeah. Is, this, is this Gateshead doing something right and the, and the reins being passed on or is this just talking being really really frail well um, from my my point of view i feel like with, with dorking they're always kind of susceptible to these results like i remember back to last year for instance we went to their place and beat them 5-1 when we were in some of the worst form of the season and we beat them 5-1 and i think because correct me if I'm wrong, a Dorking one is still one of the few semi-professional outlets in this division. They've gone to They're like a hybrid circuit. Right, okay. So, and I always say, look, look I love uh, Mark White as a chairman. I think he's so open and transparent. But because because he's the manager and the chairman and because he built it from the, the, the floor upwards, I feel like there's like there's no real not I don't know whether pressure is the right word but you know what I mean they're kind of just happy to be where they are and like taking it in with the with the YouTube channel and stuff so I don't really know every time I see Doc and I expect something different every week and it seems they can't get consistency at the minute but it definitely seems like all the games are entertaining. I think for me when I look at Dorking, I I think Gateshead deserve more credit than Dorking just being you know poor. Because the way Dorking play, they're a proper open side. One week, they could give anyone a game in this league, as we'll be all aware. Um, you know, Grant, you'll be aware of when they went to Hartlepool. You know, they gave you a proper game. Another mm. week, you can be thinking, how on earth are they in this division? It's just the way they play. They're very open. You know, they won't go 1-0 down and go into a game thinking, right, right we're going to sit back now. Now that we're up with 3-0 down, they'll think, no, we're going to get back in the game. Um, which is a good mentality to have, but obviously... So some weeks it's going to turn out where you're going to get absolutely battered. But I think from Gateshead's perspective, you look at it and there's been a lot of uh, talk and news at the moment about um, Rob Elliott not being up to the job and Williamson mm. leaving. But for me personally, and just this is just my opinion, I genuinely don't think Gateshead have too much to, to panic about, to be honest, at the moment, because... I look at the statistics and I know there's a lot about stats and they don't mean anything. It's more the result. But if you look at the Rochdale game, Rochdale are a side who keep a lot of the ball. 70% of the possession gates had had. Uh, the following week when they lost um, to Fylde and got battered, which I think was just a bad day at the office, they still kept more of the ball. And then you also look at um, the game recently against Dorking. They dominate the football again. And that's the same style of play that Williamson is doing. So they're not changing the style. And for me... I personally feel that Elliot's the right man and I think it's a good opportunity for him to get into full-time management. I don't, I don't know what your guys' thoughts are on that. 
I think it's a, it could be, and this is a very, very like tongue in cheek, but it's a little bit to me like the sort of the sort of uh, Arteta Pep sort of situation, but the National League version of it, isn't it? Because you 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 spent so long under a manager playing such attractive football, being his you know second in command, it's going to rub off on you and your style eventually, isn't it? And I think that's what we're now seeing with with Elliot. So yeah, I wasn't. Com- wasn't convinced in the first couple of weeks, but the la- the last um, few games, I definitely think he's got to be in the conversation for sure. Sha, what did you think? You know, like when um, Gates had played Rochdale, because obviously they just actually he'd actually just left. What did yeah. you think for Gates? Said, I'm gonna put it out there right now, and I was, I kind of, I kind of um, saw and heard a lot of things about Gates said, but I thought I don't really want to um, like this. I know a fan is called Luke and obviously um, I know him quite well. He's a Gateshead fan and he was like, we play this kind of football and we dominate, we play some good attacking football. And I thought, right, I'll see it for myself when they obviously come to um, the Crown Oil Arena. And I will put it there right now. Out of all the games I've been to this season, they were by far the best football inside I've seen. They were very, very surprising. They play a lot of good attacking play. Um, Like you said, they're a very good possession Team. We're a very good possession style team and they dominated it from us. Don't get me wrong, it was our fault. We we obviously mm-hmm. let them into the game. We were um, flying at first and then we let them into the game. Typical old Rochdale. But honestly, they were absolutely brilliant and they've got a lot of good attacking players as well. Mm-hmm. They're scoring a lot of goals. I'll give them that. I... Uh, just one player that sticks out in my my mind at the minute is uh, Regan Booty, and the reason why yeah. that that name sticks out for me is I'm I'm a little bit salty. So we 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 were in for him in the summer, and it looked like he was going to come to Latix. Like there was uh, journalists reporting on it and everything. And anyway, he decided to go to Gateshead, and I just think he he kind of pieces them all together. You know what I mean? He's a very very technical footballer and like he's very nice on the ball and I think it's just one of a lot of like ball carriers and a lot of really clever ball ball playing uh, footballers that Gateshead have got yeah for me the only thing I will say about them maybe some concerns about Gateshead but I think another thing before I say that I think is I don't think Williamson would have just left if he thought oh I'm gonna leave my side you know in a difficult situation I think they must have put foundations down for when he did leave um although it was quite sudden but the only concern I might have is when it comes to January, the January transfer window, is Williamson going to be going back to Gateshead to uproot, you know, the squad? Because, you know, mm. he's built he's built that squad. It's his players that he was still at Gateshead. Is he going to try to take them to MK with him? And that might be the only concern I might have with Gateshead. A very similar, moment. very similar situation yeah. to what you've seen when Pete Wilde yeah. left Halifax, isn't it? Yeah, and exactly. His core of his squad mm-hmm. up to Barrow and He's done. A, he's had a really successful time with Barrow bringing that yeah, core yeah. up, and it's almost like a mirror of him going up, yeah, and stepping up in the division. But yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal result for Gateshead, and hope that doesn't happen because I'd like to see them finish in and around the playoffs. They're, just, they're great, great football yeah. inside. One of the better teams, I think, in this division. If you're if you were a neutral to say, if I was to say to a neutral. Right, TNT half five kickoff on a Saturday. Gateshead, give it a watch, and I think a lot of people would be surprised about the quality of football yeah. that they see yeah. from them. 
I was as well. I underestimated him. Don't get me wrong. I'd seen a lot of stuff on Twitter and like from other fans as well saying, oh, they play some good stuff. But I really did underestimate them because it was typical, oh, it's Gateshead kind of thing. But they really did surprise me. And they've got a lot of good young talent as well. Do you know what's funny? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch on this. When, when we both came down last season, Char, I said to you, this division's horrible. Yeah. It's one of the hardest divisions to play in. You'll go down, you go, ah, do you know what? We'll bounce straight back up from this. You look, at the, you look at the teams that you're up against, you're like, we're Hartlepool, we're Rochdale. There's a total bit of snobbery about it. You're like, we, we're not going to lose. And then you find yourself your first game of the season against like Kidderminster. You get absolutely done. And you're like, how? How how's it happened? How how have you found like this start of the season? How have you find the found adjusting into being a fan of a national league club? The style of it now that we're kind of nineteen games into the league. The end of the season? Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. Don't get me wrong. I think most Rochdale fans, as soon as we went down, because since Keyfield and obviously Chris Dunphy, our old chairman, left, it's been a bit of a downward spiral for us. So we thought. If we don't do like what Scunthorpe did, we would be happy. But then, obviously, we didn't have a bad first month, to be fair. I think, yeah. I know, obviously, we've dropped a few points recently. We've had some injuries and stuff. But I think we have actually adapted to National League quite well, you know, considering. I, I didn't really expect much yeah. from us. Um, we've not really got much money. Uh, we're looking for outside investment as well. Yeah. Jim McNulty, you've got to realise he is like us Rochdale fans have got to realise, is an up-and-coming manager. This is his first proper job, isn't it? It's a whole new um, league for all Rochdale fans, to be honest, because we've not been in this position before. But as much as, obviously, it is frustrating because a lot of it is our own individual errors, our own mistakes, I think we have adjusted quite well. But as a fan, I'm going to put it out there, as much as it is an eye-opener because you go into all these other grounds and you're just expecting the Football League and not so long ago we were in League One playing Southampton mm -hmm. at St yeah. Mary's, so it is kind of an eye-opener from that perspective. But it's actually nice to be winning games and drawing games and not like last season where we were losing every single game. Going so, from Southampton to Eastleigh. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so as much as obviously it is like, wow, we are a National League side now, it was kind of coming because we've just been on a downward spiral like the last few seasons. There's been a lot going on off the pitch as well. So it is quite nice as much as it's frustrating because everybody wants to be like a football league team, mm. but it's quite nice to actually be winning games and actually scoring goals. We still can't Michelle, defend. <laughs> Michelle, I think that's quite a nice sort of segue to probably go into the Rochdale game, but kind of before, oh, we, touch, before we touch on it, I, I just wanted, and I'm not just saying this to like, because I'm an Oldham fan and I might or might not be enjoying uh, your recent weeks a little bit. Um, no, no, seriously. So um, when I look at Rochdale's results and I see you go ahead, the neutral in me always thinks, oh, they're going to concede here. Or, you know what I mean? There's more goals in the game yet. Like, you seem to have a problem, a real big problem at the minute, in not just holding leads, but also the majority of the goals you concede comes from cross, you know, crosses into your box. Like, 
what how would you from a fan's point of view how do you go about rectifying that situation how would you like what do you think needs to be done to address that because if if it's not going to be addressing it's going to be a problem that follows you all season isn't it yeah completely and um to be honest it's been an ongoing thing for absolute years even under the latter stages of Keith Hill since we got rid of Craig Dawson, which was many years ago, we have not been able to defend. But I feel like with us, because we are actually very possession-based now and we are very, like, attacking and going forward, we do leave ourselves very much open at the back. Um, I think with our players as well, don't get me wrong, you've got your Adam Clayton, who's an older head. You've got your Ethan Ebanks-Landell. But I don't know if it's because we have got a lot of loan signings and young players, whether it's a mentality thing because they're learning yeah. as well. I don't know if it's because of that. Um, I don't know if it's just... <laughs> I really don't know. I would love to see training, honestly, because it's always from a set piece, a corner, a cross. We are awful. We're scoring think... goals. We're scoring the... goals, but defensively, we're shocking. Well, the one thing I'll, I'll get, always give Brocho credit for is obviously it was well docu- it's been well documented that you're seeking outside investment and you know you've got a couple of financial issues going on. But so compared to like so compared to even like Oldham, for instance, like your our squad is probably three times the size of Rochdale's at the minute. I think have you got like 15, 16 players or something crazy like that? Haven't you? I think. Um, yeah, we've not. We've not got a big squad at all, and obviously we've got a lot of injuries. Um, Tyree yeah. Sinclair in the most recent, and you've seen the yeah. form he's been on, so that's a massive loss. Um, yeah, well. we've got we've got young players in who then because they've not been play- this is a frustrating thing. We have got such a small squad, so we obviously get loan players from. Um, we had one recently from Port Vale, McDermott, a young up and coming signing. We had um, Max Conway from Bolton Wanderers as well. But even though we have got such a small squad, Jim McNulty is so stubborn because he doesn't bring certain players on. So he will stick to the same players. Then he'll bring one substitution on in like injury time. We'll have like all our players will be really tired. And I think this is where he's learning as well and man management and team management. But then obviously these these clubs that the lone players are from are recalling these young players back because they're not getting the game time. And Max Conway looked like a really good young prospect and he's now gone to AFC Fylde, is playing most games and is absolutely smashing it. So it is very frustrating, but at the same time as well, I don't know with our budget and stuff if we can afford him. Like McDermott, a lot of our fans were like calling you know, calling um, Jim McNulty. But I think because we've got Kean Hayes now, we have yeah. to obviously free up, obviously, at a wage, you know, it's to it, obviously it, bring Kean Hayes in longer. It's intriguing to me, and maybe you can shed some light a little bit. Like, But from an outsider looking in, I've seen uh, maybe two, three statements in the last six months from Rochdale about, you know, the need for outside investment. But nothing ever seems to get followed up on that. Like, you, you don't, I've, exactly. I've not seen, like anybody linked with a takeover of Rochdale before. I think just just what I to say, me as a Rochdale fan or if I was a Rochdale fan that would that that is that not sorry go on. Oh no yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it keeps stopping for me, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know talking. Sorry, I, I think Luke was trying to cover for you because we thought your computer had stopped. We thought you <laughs> stalled there. You, you're all good, Aaron. Um, you're all good. What, what was I saying? What was I saying? Um, if you were a about, fan. Oh, yeah, about the, the investment side of things. Is it not worrying for you as a Rochdale fan that there isn't much 
substance to go with these claims of we need outside investments, but there's nothing that ever links you to a takeover. 100%. The worrying thing for me was, obviously, when there was um, all the shenanigans going on about a hostile takeover from certain individuals, it was Dale not for sale. Then as soon yeah. as we kind of got through that, it was... Rochdale are for sale now because we need yeah. outside investment. So straight from being not for sale to then obviously we need outside investment to be able to compete is obviously a big worry. And then you hear nothing. And then all of a sudden there's a statement going out saying because this board of directors aren't really sure how to run the football club, we've gone to another party now. Like they've kind mm-hmm. of gone to a company you kind of deal with that kind of thing so automatically that's a red flag because i'm thinking well we've not got any money these people are saying we're not for sale but now we are for sale and then all of a sudden um the board of directors are basically admitting they can't run the football club so they are paying this other company money which we could obviously um buy players and stuff like that from so that's automatically a red flag We've and got bet. such a similar situation at I know. as well. Like Raj Singh is saying that the club's up for sale, and he, every time he goes, oh, he says, "I've been speaking to interested parties, been speaking to loads of interested parties, but no one's ever shown proof of funds in account to allow me yeah. to, to proceed yeah. with talks any further." I don't, I don't know how much I believe that he's actively trying to sell the club. Yeah, yeah. listen I think to this, this was... as well, though. This is the this is one that really did make me laugh. So obviously there were all this going on. So then we wanted answers, and obviously Jim McNulty obviously comes in. Which to be fair, I wasn't happy with at first. I thought we needed someone who knew the national league. Mm-hmm. But then come to think of it, we can't afford anyone like that. Yeah. Jim McNulty, at least he knows the club and he cares for the club. So I was kind of like I was torn at first, but now I think yeah, he, he is the man for us. And then at the fans forum, ah. Our chairman comes out and says, oh, Tom Brady was interested in Rochdale but went to Birmingham. <laughs> I don't know how true that is. I really don't know how true that is, but I just think to myself, like, you've got all this going on. And then since that fans forum, when Tom Brady was interested, gone to Birmingham, we've heard nothing. So, right. Tom, Brady's, Tom Brady's probably in LA somewhere going, what's a Rochdale? <laughs> exactly. Grant, Grant, did you, um, you know, I don't know if you saw, but it got released... Um, who Ryan Reynolds was also interested in at the club. Yeah. It was Aldershot, Carlisle, Cross Rex and Macclesfield and also Hartlepool. He'd been, so there'd been active conversations between an anonymous American bidder or anonymous American consortium and Raj Singh. And Raj Singh turned around and said, no, I'm not entertaining an anonymous bid for the club because I know the situation that the club's been in before when it was under poor ownership and it dragged the club down and he he essentially rescued the club from going under. So he said, I am not entertaining an anonymous bid at all from anyone. I don't care who it is because the thing that that concerns me the most is the safety of this club going forward and making sure it's there. I don't want to sell it to just anyone. And he tried to demand them to lift their anonymity and they wouldn't because of who they were. And if it got out, it would have been huge. And then, so he told them, no, no dice, sorry, on you go. That must be gutting, because I know and that's from a, the, at Halifax. Yeah. Like, you know, I think all of us, apart from probably um, Aaron, are in a position where we probably want a new owner. 
Um, not really because we're like under any threat of going out of business as Halifax, but it's kind of like we've got to a point now and, there's, and we don't have the funds to really be, you know, going for promotion with the players without overachieving, if that makes sense. Um, but I think what struggles is the fact that, you know, you look at Rochdale and there's so many big clubs around and that's not even including like Man United and Man City. There's also so many other great Manchester clubs around there. Yeah. Halifax are the same. We've got Huddersfield, Bradford, Leeds around us. So you're not really going to get anyone interested in buying the club, especially from our perspective when we don't own our own stadium. But just one point that I wanted to get in on um, Rochdale and when they came down... Um, the, the thing that surprised me about them was, you know, I think a lot of people probably thought they've never been in this division before. They could be another Oldham or worse, it could be another Scunthorpe. But I thought they actually did really have actually invested pretty well with the play. They brought in players proven at this level, like Sinclair. Yeah. They kept hold of Rodney, uh, Cairo Mitchell. And, and that's really what surprised me. And it's kind of showing at the moment because I think, to be fair, if I was a Rochdale fan, I'd be taking ninth after just being relegated from the 100%, football. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Sorry, go on, Aaron. I think I know we've got to move on to other games at the minute, but I think maybe for another podcast or we can touch on it for five minutes here. This brings like a really interesting wider debate in like football again on like the 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 quantity and what what's involved in a fit and proper test and how you get you know. How you get people to like, like Grant was saying about you know people never coming to prove the fund the funds. Like I think the whole sort of the whole sort of um, structure of fit and proper test needs to be reshuffled and relooked at because you, you then it stops the whole sort of Martin House hostile takeover situations. You know because then you, you've got to then prove who you are. You can't just be a mass figure and be like, yeah, I'm going to put this money in. And then when you don't put that money in and it goes up shit creek, they can just disappear. I don't understand how that is how that is like allowed to happen so often. Hey, we spoke about it, me and Liam spoke about it on, on Lower League Look, that we what we really think should happen is they should be forced to put a certain amount of funds into a, a pot that should be there as like almost like an insurance to if this sort of thing happens where that has to be drawn out. But there definitely has to be there definitely has to be more done from an owner's point, from an EFL point, from an FA point, I think. But I think that's a that's a whole podcast that you could yeah, talk about yeah. fit and proper and what you would like to see on ownership. We've mentioned big we've mentioned big clubs with a lot of money and I think that's a good one to move on to the next game for. But before we do, we just need to hear from our friends at our advertising sponsors. Bring on the adverts. I'll see you in a minute. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. 
If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. And welcome back. I really hope you enjoyed the adverts. I did. It was great. Did you guys enjoy the adverts? Thank you for your ongoing support. We, We love you all. Thank you so much. Thank you for helping putting food on my child's table. We love you, adver- ad- ad- advertising sponsors. Anyway, on to the, the more interesting things. We were talking about the clubs with money. It brings us perfectly onto, I think it's fair to say, the big game of the weekend, the top two clash, Chesterfield versus Barnet. Again. Did it live up to the billing of being a top two game? Or, or Chesterfield just running away with it? I thought well, after, yeah. I thought just after the first half, I thought, what game have I decided to go to here? Because obviously <laughs> Halifax were down south, um, and you know usually I'd probably go with my dad, but the problem was is uh, he didn't fancy going, and then it was seventy pound on the train where Chesterfield were six pound on the train for. Trying to get in under sixteen, uh, which which you got to do when when you when you're quite small. To be fair, um, but no, I managed to get there, and obviously I attended. And after at half time, I was speaking to a Chesterfield fan who was next to me, and was saying, "You've picked a right game here, haven't you? It's going to be it's got nil nil written all over it." And I, and I was going into it thinking, "Yeah, if it is, I'm I'm not gonna. It's I wouldn't be happy picking this game to be honest, because um, obviously." The expectation was quite high about it being high scoring. We're both sides scoring a lot of goals. Um, and then the second half, wow, it was just it, it was just end-to-end. And it was a proper, brilliant, best half of football I've seen. Um, you know, Barnett, to be fair to him, um, in the first half, probably edged the better chances. Um, but the second half, Chesterfield just tore them apart once they got the first goal. And this is the thing with Chesterfield is you can't go 1-0 down to them because... You're gonna get battered because you'll start to leave gaps like like Barnett did. Um, but no, to be fair, it was a brilliant game, and I got my score prediction right. I don't know how because at, at half time I thought it were gonna be, um, it were gonna be like a nil nil or a one nil, but four two. It were yeah. Guy sat next to me saying, "There's no way that four two score is gonna come off when it, at half time." And then when Barnett scored the second, I was like, "Yes, fully celebrated more than the Barnett fan." <laughs> I think it just it just comes back to you because I don't know if you remember, but the last National League podcast I was on, I pretty much put out my neck on the line and said, I think Chesterfield will go back to back. I think I think they'll breeze this league and I also think they'll breeze League Two. And it just it shows how much quality they've got in the in their ranks, you know what I mean? Like it, and it, it really it upsets me a little bit considering pre-season. It was supposed to be a two horse race between Oldham and Chesterfield. You know what I mean? That's what everyone was saying. That's what the bookies were saying. But we, we, if I'm being honest, and I can take this because I am a, I'm an adult and I am f- fair with my football opinions. But we are, we're probably like 12, 18 months away from where Chesterfield are now, if I'm being honest. I and that's how I'm good they are. That's how good they are. Like, you know, um, and. Yeah, just some some of the some of the players in that in that 
teams shouldn't be in. Well, I, I don't know whether I can say shouldn't be in the National League because I think the National League is improving as you know a standard of football. But some of the players that they've got in this division are is an outstanding bit of business, really. Uh, and I think it's now beginning to show on the pitch. And I will also put out my neck and say I will be extremely surprised if what are we are now November. If by maybe the end of February, early March, the league's not done, that's how confident I am that Chesterfield are going to breeze it. Well, from what I saw, to be honest, um, and from when I went with Halifax as well, and when I've seen him on TNT as well, I don't think they're going to have any issues. And it's a bit sad to say, because obviously us all, he'll probably want a, a title race like we had last season with Wrexham and Knotts, but there's no team that's capable of, of competing. Uh, specifically financially, apart from Oldham, and Oldham are just miles away with yeah, the players that they've got. Yeah, and Barnet obviously <laughs> they're overperforming Barnet, but they don't have the but they don't have the budget to keep competing. And yeah. you know, I think what we saw on Saturday is that Chesterfield are just by far the best team in this league. They made Barnet look like a, a relegation side. Um, they, they made it look like they were a side from League One, and Barnet were a side struggling in the National League. That's how much of a gap you saw. Um, maybe not in the first half, but but in the second half, that's what what I got from the game. To be honest, and yeah, I don't think they'll have any problems. But I think it's it's anyone's game to get up through the playoffs though this season. It's very open from that side of things that might make it a bit more interesting. I was just looking at uh, I was looking at the the amount of points that they've got just now. So currently they're sitting forty seven from eighteen, which is just ridiculous. If they were to continue on this form at the points per game that they've got they would finish on 120 points this season Wow, they're just a machine to be honest I, I don't think they will because they'll they'll have won the title where they last season what ha- had to happen was Knotts and Wrexham because they were both equally as good they couldn't like afford to drop off when and mm. because then you know it went down to more or less the final day where mm. this season how it's looking for me is like Aaron said, Chesterfield will have will have it wrapped up by probably March time, February, March, where they know they've they've basically won it. And I think now, I think in the next few months by Boxing Day, I think we'll be getting, you know, a, there'll be a trend coming where we're starting to see, yeah, Chesterfield are really starting to run run away with it now, a bit like Man City do in the Premier League. I feel like with Chesterfield as well, if they got an injury or two, it wouldn't really matter with them because they've got so much quality in their team. Mm. And you look, it's not just, I know Will Griggs obviously scoring now. And I I think, is he one of the, has he got nine or so goals or something in the league? I think it's around that. But I feel like there's other players contributing as well. So obviously if they did get an injury, as much like with our teams, it would matter, wouldn't it? It's like with Sinclair yeah, and things like that. It really takes its toll on Rodney us. But with Chesterfield, well. yeah, and with um, obviously with Chesterfield, I think if they did get an injury or a suspension or something, it wouldn't really matter, would it? Because they've got so much quality. They can pull. They can pull in, and they've got the funds yeah. to bring someone in. They, 100%. they, uh, the, the probably the stature of team and the size of team where they go. Do you know what? We can maybe pull a league one player away on loan. Yeah, this uh, might be what- do that. This might be where a side like Oldham, not saying they'll compete, but maybe getting the playoffs come the end of the season because, you know, they're not that far off. Although at the moment, I don't think Oldham are good enough. What they no. have, what other sides, sorry about that, but what they no, have, what right, other right. sides don't, is the fact that they have the pulling power to 
you know, bring in a player in January. They could literally bring in five or six players where maybe well, Halifax, you know, if we've got a poor team for the season, we've got to stick with it. No, it's going to yeah. change. Genuinely, there's always a team at the end of the season, though, isn't there, who's outside of the playoffs, who just puts in a run of form. They get into that seventh slot and they just seem to perform well. You look at at Hartlepool when we went up. You look at Grimsby when they went up. They just both went on a run from being outside. They had that form and it just pushed them through the playoffs. Well, I I personally feel if if Hartlepool and Rochdale were, were fully fit, I, and I wouldn't have said this at the start of the season, maybe Hartlepool I would, but I genuinely think that's the side when it fully fits the starting 11 are both playoff candidate teams. Mm-hmm. Hartlepool, I may even go further and say top three, maybe even a, a title charge if that's starting defense. 11, but not now because of obviously the injuries that have happened. Same with Rochdale, you know, they've had their issues with Rodney, Sinclair, the list goes on. It's just been difficult, on it, to be fair for both of you. <laughs> Everybody laughs at me when I say this, but my outsiders still, and I said it even when they were struggling, I said if they get, if they obviously sort themselves out and under the circumstances, I think Southend will go on a run. Yeah, I yeah, honestly I do. They are my, honestly, they are my favourites to get in the playoffs or finish just outside it because I honestly think, like, come January, when they can, I honestly think they will obviously. I think they're going right. to go up. I've, I, I think they'll go up for the playoffs because I think it'd be a story, wouldn't it? But... If they're competing at the moment, you know, to get in the playoffs, and they're not that far off, and they will catch up if they keep going how they're going. Well, here's um, the thing: is what here's what think... South End. While we're there, right? They've just had another two players today called up on international duty. So now who's seen? I'm, I'm going to butcher this guy's name. I'm really, really <laughs> sorry. Mar- Mauro Felitti. Have been called Legend. up. To, have been called Nine. up on international duty. So I think that's them now. Got three players called up on international duty. Is their game going to get postponed at the weekend? And when was the last time a national league game has been postponed due to players being called up on national duty? Has that we ever ha- happened? We had two last year. Um, two that went on international duty last year, but. Has the game ever been postponed? Has the game ever been postponed in the National League for people going on international duty? Look, you're probably the man for this. I can't remember, (laughs) to be honest. And I just team. I know Halifax had it in the past. We just have to get on with it. And I think that's like us. Yeah, I know. And I think Mitchell and George Nevert. Yeah, Uh, didn't he like Cairo Mitchell's like Granada in he or some something like that? Isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Um, but thing is, just on the South End thing, what I think is, although they're having these problems at the moment, they're still finding a way through it. What's going to happen is, when they have that takeover, that embargo is going to get lifted, and I can see that owner putting a load, you know, splashing the cash. To be honest, um, there once he can, and you know, if they bring in more depth into that squad, the starting eleven's fine. You know, they bring more depth in. I think the only they can thing, the playoffs and then go up personally. The only thing that worries me about South End is I feel like we've been talking and waiting for this proposed potential takeover for so many weeks now. You know what I mean? When is it going to arrive? I think it's the longer it doesn't November, to be fair. The, the, the longer it doesn't arrive, the more sort of clouds and question marks you have about, you know, what is actually happening, I think. But yeah, I think they, they've got they've got a brilliant side as well. And um yeah, but I feel shall, shall I get uh, a quick little bit about my boys out the way and I'll grant or what? If you want, let's let's go. Let's go <laughs> get and that, hear from all of them. Get that rant going. 
Let's get okay, some, okay. some Mike Fondop chat going because I know you want to do yeah. some Mike Fondop watch. Yeah, so so I'll, I'll start with the game first and I'll bring it on to Mikey afterwards. Um, but I think what Luke was saying about Latics is completely spot on. I, I feel like, but the, re, the my problem is we are genuinely, I think we're two positions away from being a playoff team. We're a right back away and we're a couple of midfielders away. I think the rest of the team is more than good enough, in my opinion. But this is a problem. Um, see, so for me, David Unsworth is like the reverse of Jim McNulty. With Jim McNulty, you can act, you can actually see a bit of identity. You can see a bit of like, you know, a bit of something there that's going to come through. Whereas I, I'm a better football manager than David Unsworth. And like that, that, that was shown with how many, how far off the pace we were after 11 games when we decided to sack him. So our, our shortcomings now will be because we didn't sack him maybe three, four games earlier. And the thing is, with with somebody like Mickey Mellon now, we've got we've got a manager in there that's been there and done it. You know what I mean? He's been there and done it from this division three times. So I have no doubt in my mind that eventually we will we will go up and we will do it because we've got some phenomenal players ourselves. I mean, bloody hell, we've got James Norwood in the National League. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that that I, I keep going back to that every week because that is crazy. The fact that but two teams in this division have got enough money to be able to attract Will Grigg. Albeit, I know, I know he'd not had a much of a prolific season before the Chesterfield season for a couple of years, but two teams in the National League have got Will Grigg and James Norwood it is ridiculous in my eyes. Listen, so, I think... Just, sorry, sorry, just, what, just what I'd say on Oldham is, I know you say that about the talent, and um, it's something that, you know, I, I agreed with at the start of the season, but when I think of it now... And I look at the Oldham side, and I, when I say I think they'll sneak in, I think that the reason would be because they'll bring in more players in January. At the moment, the only two names for me that stood out in the Oldham side was Lundstrom, who'd signed from Altrincham because he's some player, uh, or yeah. Dan Ward as well, and then uh, also uh, Norwood. But I, apart from that, I look at the squad, and personally, I think Kitchen's a decent player, but I look at the squad well, personally, uh, and I think it's not... I was just about to say, and this might be biased, but I think Mark Kitchen is the best left-back in the league. Mark Kitchen, Mark Kitchen's great. Honestly, I've never seen, but he's he's no David Ferguson. I've never seen Mark Kitchen have a bad game in a Latic shirt. Never. He's one of them players that pulls a seven out of ten every week. And the thing is, as well, we've got we've got decent options off the bench. Like obviously, he got a start on Saturday, but we've got people like God's number nine, Mike Fondop the best striker in the world. No, I'm joking, I'm joking. But we've got we've got options and we've got different types of attacking options off the bench as well. And people like Alex Reed, Alex Reed hasn't had a lot of game time in the last couple of weeks, but when he comes on, he's effective and he scores goals. And obviously he got the goal to get the, the equaliser for us on Saturday. So I maybe I am just a little bit rose-tinted, blue and tangerine glasses a little bit, but I I don't think we are too far away. And I think maybe next year, I don't want to tempt it, but maybe next year we can we can give it a better account of ourselves and maybe look to be where Chesterfield are. Yeah. Next um, year for me, I, I think uh, I don't think Oldham will go up this season. I think it will be a, an ounce. I think it'll be like a Barnet or a South. I think South End. That'd be my shout. Um, although it's at the moment, maybe you wouldn't say that. But the following, I remember this. I remember this on on record when Oldham go up in May. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay, you can do. Um, but I think next season will be, you know, Oldham, it'll be Oldham's turn, if that it feels like, because they'll be the big club in the division with loads of money um, compared to all the other sides. 
you know, where this season it's been Chesterfield, next season it'll be Oldham, and then so on and so on. And and that's how I think it'll go. I think this season, I think Oldham will just take a bit of stability. Uh, maybe yeah. you might that last season, but I think you are a year behind. Um, yeah, we are. Stability and then maybe getting the playoffs of a, and you never know. But for me, I think next season will be your your. I year. can't wait. I can't wait for a nail biting our title race with Grant and Article next year. <laughs> yeah. How, how was the game against Eastleigh at the weekend, anyway? Yeah. So it, I was saying to Luke, it's probably the most frustrated I've been for a number of weeks in in like a weirdly positive way. The fact that like. We bossed the ball like the only shot on target, or one of maybe two or three only shot on targets uh, Eastley had was a penalty which they converted. And we, I, I, in fact, I'm going to bring the stats up now. Uh, Chris Mc, it was Chris McGuire again, wasn't it? He's just starting to he's starting yeah. to fire this season. Yeah. Did any of you manage uh, to but, watch? So I mentioned last week about Chris McGuire cam. Did any of you watch that at all? It was, no, it was great to watch last week. I loved it. But yeah, he is he's just starting to fire for them. Too busy watching Shalador. <laughs> the Shalador. <laughs> the less said about that, the better. <laughs> so um hang on. Let me where are we now? Uh yeah, so they had, I think. According to BBC, they had they had six shots, one on target, which was the penalty, and we had fifteen shots, seven on target, and it ended one all. So you know, you know what I mean. We can't, we can't put our chances away, and that's the most frustrating part. We are such an attractive team to watch up until the like, you know, the the sort of final third and that's something we need to work on um and need to like get better at but i did want to just give a quick shout out to potentially and this is this is a big shout because we've had some really good center halves in the, the last number of years and i know it's early days but i genuinely think sean hobson is one of the best center halves i've seen Latics have in recent times he is he has the potential to play in league one easily i think and also, I've had to let him go because of the financial um, problems. And obviously, he was a man, he's a Manchester boy, so he wanted to move move home. But I can't help but think if he was still in Southend, I think we'd be even further, like you know, even further in the sort of playoff mix. Like he is like a Rolls Royce of a defender. Um, and he again, he's another one I've not seen have a bad game. But yeah, I think I think the aim amongst the fan base at Latics is. To try and sneak in them playoffs and then anything can happen. But I think realistic Latics fans will probably tell you that next year is the one where we need to sort of push on and, and go again, you know? Well, on rants and stuff, uh, do you want me to get Halifax out of the way? <laughs> yeah, I, I think we're all I think we're all ranting just now. So you can have your rant look, then I'll yeah. I'll have mine. Yeah, fair enough. But I think um obviously I want there, so I don't like commenting on games. Um Obviously, I saw the highlights but when I, when I want there, um, so I'm not going to be overly negative. Although I am tempted to be, um, I think what what probably frustrates me, and it, it's a bit like what Aaron said with Oldham, a bit of a similar situation. We had more of the shots in the in the game. You know, we dominate the football. We were in Maidenhead half for the majority of the game, um, and Maidenhead just caught us out on the break, and and then basically put eleven men behind the ball. And to be fair, that's how Maidenhead play. That's how they stay up every single season. They grind out results against the likes of Halifax and, you know, the side up there at the moment in the division. Um, 
you know, and it, and it probably were a bit difficult for myself because we're used to playing on the break um, away from home where Maiden Abyss said, no, you can have the ball. And then we don't really know what to do with it. Um, but I think for me, we got, we had all the things right apart from um, not putting the ball in the net. And it comes back to the frustration of we need a striker desperately. Um, and of course, there's a lot of sides out there who would love a prolific goal scorer, but you know, us at the moment, we're just dying for, for a player to come in. But unfortunately, it, it looks like the owner, the manager, they, they're not currently looking particularly to get a try find this prolific goal scorer out there. And, and it's frustrating seeing players like Asante, who's just been released from Chesterfield, and then Halifax basically saying, no, we're not interested. He's got a bad injury record. I don't see why, why don't we just have a gamble on him? Because at the moment, you know, we've got a striker like Cosgrave who... I'm not too keen. I don't think he's good enough. And Harker is a decent striker. Don't get me wrong. He's a good poacher, but he's he's not prolific. He's not going to get you 20 goals a season, which is what you need to really be competing at the top. And that's all we need. We just need a goal scorer and probably a little bit more depth. And I genuinely think we wouldn't just be competing for the playoffs, but we'd be top three and, and probably further than that. So, yeah, it's very frustrating, to be honest, at the moment. Do you know what? I've got the complete opposite frustration. We've got a great goal scorer in Manny Disarui. And I and don't know. This season he's not been great. He's not he's not had a look in, in fairness, because Disarui has been that good. If we didn't have him, I'd be, be really worried about where we would be without him because everywhere else across the pitch we have been bang average. Our defence has been below that. It's been horrific. It's probably one of the worst defences I've seen us have. And it seems to be no matter who we are pulling in from to play in that back three that we're playing, it's just not working for us at all. Because you, you've got you've got Mancini out, who's your yeah. player maker, isn't he? And then you've got yeah. your main centre-half, who's a proper good centre-half out injured. Who I know, I like, uh, what do you call Dan it? Dodds. Yeah, yeah. Dan Dodds is our centre-half. He's a right... He's a right wing back, Dan Dodds, yeah. but he, he plays off. in the back. He plays in the back of a back, a right of the back three, yeah. or a right wing back. He can play either or. That's where we got him from from Middlesbrough in a permanent. But he's out for he's out for the season with an ACL injury. I like, I like that Gray um, who played. I thought he were good against Halifax um, and and Crawford as well. I think they are a few players there. It just doesn't seem to be coming together. And to be honest. There's, I don't blame Askey. I think the problem is, is when you're having that many injuries, you've just been very unfortunate, to be honest, for me, with how serious injuries are. There is, but from a defensive point of view, we've only really lost one defender to injury and everyone that's yeah. came in is, is an Askey signing. So I, I can't give him that concession from a defensive point of view because he's not pulling that defensive team together at all, no matter what combination that he plays in. Um, whether he plays Lacey, who is a tried and tested, proven National League defender. He's done well with Notts County before. He's done all right with his league too, and he's just not played well, and he's had injuries. Um, Manny Onyerisi is fantastic. He's great, but typical National League defender, prone to a mistake. I, I remember just, just on, on the topic of Hartley, Manny Onyerisi, is it? Cause, mm, um, Manny Onyerisi, yeah. Got, I, it was my first time ever doing not like commentary, and it's not really my kind of thing. And I remember Gavin and uh, the, the, I like the, you know, the assistant guy, like the main guy's commentating and then I in like the background giving like my thoughts on moves afterwards. Yep. And he said, you can do the subs if you want. And I went, oh, okay. Anyway, um, 
I'm there thinking, sugar, I can't, I can't ask him now. I should have asked him at half time. Uh, and then I'm thinking, please, Manny, please, that Manny or, or say or whatever, please don't go on the field. And I, I was like, please don't go on. And I managed to get it out of the way. Josh Umera came on and another player. Um, and I'm thinking, oh, well, like 85th minute now, he's not even warming up. I might have got away with it here. Anyway, next thing you know, Alex Lacey goes down injured. I'm like, oh, for God's sake. And the next thing you know, he comes on and then I, I basically messed it up. Yeah, so, Ma- Manny, yeah. Well, I just called them Manny O and Manny D at the start of the season. Fair enough. And it, it really got me by. But yeah, it, it, it was really frustrating for us at the weekend. It, it was a horrible game to see. We looked like the away team playing at home. There was no shape. We changed formation about three or four times in the first half. Didn't have a clue what was going on. I'm, yeah, we, I really struggled to take any positives out of that game. The only thing that I really took out of it, which was good, was that we brought Jake Hasty on, and Jake Hasty scored in the 90th minute to to, to take two one up, and it's a game, it's a goal that he's really needed because, according to the players, he's one of the hardest trainers there. But when it comes to relating that on the pitch, it doesn't seem to deliver in whatever way and why. It's just not worked for him at any club that he's been at. There's definitely a player in there. And there's a great stat about Jake Hasty. I don't know if any of you have seen this yet. I'm just going to pull this up. This was tweeted out by Callum earlier on on the National League Look page. Jake Hasty has averaged a goal of every 47 minutes so far this season. Now, wow. Erling, Erling Haaland averages a goal every 83 minutes. Wow. Jake Hasty. <laughs> You've got your goal scorer then, haven't you? Jake Hasty's got to be the man that Hartlepool rely on going forward. But no, we conceded a matter of minutes against again in the 95th minute just with poor, poor defensive decisions. Craig Hignett was comment, uh, commentating on the game and all the time he was going, I just don't know what the team's doing. He's an ex-Hartlepool manager and he's like, I don't know what the team's doing. don't know what shape they're sitting in. He's like, I'm waiting for a moment of magic to come from a Hartlepool player. He says, but watching everyone on the pitch, I just don't know who it's going to come from. It's really difficult to watch us this season. It's really difficult to get excited about watching us this season. You know, I think you need and we'll give you in for free back if you, if you need him. Mark Mikey. Shelton. No, oh. Mark Shelton. I, say, I would take Shelts. Oh, my he's God. So I, much, he's getting so much I, stick from Oldham fans. I would take Shelts back. Mate, I am more mobile in the centre of the park than he is. Like, it's a, it's a joke. I, I, the thing is, I was, saying to, I was saying to Luke as well, because I don't want to be too harsh because he's had a good career. He's good at Salford. I know he was very well thought of at you. But for some reason, under three different managers now, it's not worked. And he's looked like... He's looked, I don't know, he, he just looks like a semi-professional footballer every time he puts on a Latic shirt. It's That's so like chucking it down outside. Ooh. I don't know if it is wherever you guys are, but he's here. I'm in Scotland, it's always chucking it down. Yeah. Always <laughs> chucking it down. It, it rains you know upwards what? there. Do you know what, you're seeing managerial changes, and I mentioned this at the very start of the podcast. You can we thank me for that not... segue. Yeah, it, by the way, beautiful segue. Sorry, we I just cannot, interrupted dinner. I know. We cannot <laughs> go and talk a National League podcast without talking the situation 
at Woking. Who's wanting to take it? Someone? Um, Anyone want to take the Woking situation? I can Luke. talk a bit. Yeah, oh, I, really, I knew. Right, I knew. It's always coming back to you, Luke. It's right, I have I've only just, I've only just seen it to be on. Well, I saw it about an hour before. Um, so I'm up, I don't. I haven't really sat down and like looked at proper managerial replacements. I can give a few names off the top of my head, but I don't think they'd go. They'd, I don't think he'd go there. The managers that I'm thinking of. Um, but yeah, to be fair, I think. Uh, the problem with uh, Daryl Sal is a victim of his own success. You know, standards have risen significantly at working because they overachieved last season. They finished um, fourth in the division. So then, of course, when you finish fourth in the National League, especially in a season like last season when it was proper, proper competitive at the top, you'd be probably thinking and the expectations risen for them to be maybe included in a title race or at least replicate what they did last season. And unfortunately that he's struggled uh, to replicate what happened because the problem with working at is they didn't lose many of the players. They kept the majority of the squad and they just added to it. So the expectation was we've got to do at least what we did last season, if not better. And unfortunately, they haven't done that. So I'd say for him, he's a victim of his own success. And you see them at the moment in mid-table. It's, it's, it wouldn't have been bad two years ago, but now it is because the expectation is for working to, to be inside those playoff spots at least. Um, but yeah, I think he's a good manager. I think there'll be managers out there, um, clubs out there, sorry, who'll be looking for him. I know, um, I think for me, I think sides in the EFL might even be looking for him um, in the future when they're struggling near the bottom and they, they need a manager to get them out of a difficult situation. Maybe in the National League, there'll be some clubs in the upcoming weeks too. But for me, yeah, I can see why they're looking for a new appointment. They're, they're an amb- ambitious football club. Um, and I'm very interested to see who comes in. Um, names off the top of my head, probably you've got Paul Hurst, but then again, I, I don't think he'd make that move all the way down south. Um, so it's quite hard to really think of it at the moment. Maybe the Eastleigh manager might go there, Lee Bradbury, who was at the club. Um, but for me, I can't see him going there either. I think I think they'll be getting a, an ambitious appointment and I think it'll be one that none of us guys can probably think of, to be honest. I think at the, moment. The, the thing is, though, the, fl- the flip side of that a little bit for me is, and maybe I'm just a football traditionalist, like, I know you, you said, like, obviously expectations have risen within the fan base and so they should, you know, all, all football fans should have expectations for the, the football club. But also, I'm a big believer, or I was a big believer at one point, to credit in the bank and, you know... If he got them to, to fourth in the league last year and that was seen as an overachievement, should he have not been allowed the time to buy himself a little bit more time because of that last year to turn it around? Do you know you know what I mean? Well, I'd probably I'd probably I, I kind of agree because I was a bit shocked to see him go. I know a few working fans were were like calling for his name and stuff. Um and to be honest, I always see it as once a manager's name has been called out. It's kind of the end of the road. There's no going back. Yeah, exactly. But for me, I do feel it was a little harsh, but I just think it just clearly wasn't working. Um, So for me, I I can see why, but I can also get your point, Aaron, to be honest. I think it'll depend on this new appointment. If the new appointment's a a very interesting and well-known manager that 
clearly has his own ambitions for the football club and I can see why they've let him go. But if they do what Eastley did and maybe let the assistant manager take charge for a couple of weeks and then appoint a mediocre manager well-known like Lee Bradbury from another club, for me, I just don't think it would have been worth it. But I think we'll just have to see. Good to see. I'll be interested to see who they do decide to take a take a shot with. I say take a shot. They're not just going to go throw throw a dart and hope <laughs> it sticks. They're going to they're going to be doing their work to see who they want yeah. to bring in. But it's going to be interesting to see who they bring in over the coming weeks. There's a couple of spots up. I, I can't see as we said earlier on. I can't see Gateshead looking much further afield from on their doorstep right now. But it's got to be yeah. done. Walking, we will see what happens. Is on, there- on the on the topic of managerial apartments, just going back to Shell a second, I am very aware on your uh, Rochdale hashtag on Twitter. After the game on Saturday, I looked in the comments and a lot of your fans uh, seem to be wearing thin a little bit with Jim McNulty and, you know, calling for him to leave. Where, where do you stand on that? And, like, do you, are you in or are you out on Jim McNulty? This is what really frustrates me with our fans because, as I was saying before, they're like, oh, if we go down to National League after the few years we've had, as long as we don't get relegated, I'm more than happy with it. And because we're actually just into it at the minute quite well, don't get me wrong, we could do better. We've made our own individual errors. But at the same time, if anybody gave me this position at the start of the season, I, I'd take it. I'd snatch your hand yeah. off at the end of the day. But with me... I just think to myself, who else are we going to get? Yeah. Like, really? When, obviously, Robbie Stockdale left, when, obviously, he got sacked, sorry, and we was a league club, nobody wanted the Rochdale job. Jim Bentley came in. And to be fair to Jim Bentley, he came in at probably one of the worst times because we didn't really have much money. Um, Obviously, we were in a really bad position. So if we can't attract anyone before that, when we're a league club... Who are we going to attract when we're a National League club? David and... Unsworth. <laughs> <laughs> and... I know. No, thank you. Mm-hmm. And to be fair to Jim Bentley, not Jim Bentley now, Jim McNulty, <laughs> let me get the names right, to Jim McNulty, he came in as interim manager and then he came in again as interim manager when Bentley got sacked. And as I mentioned before, I was a bit like at the appointment, I was like, we need someone who knows the National League, blah, blah, blah. But then coming coming back and thinking about it when he got the job, when I seen his interview, I think Jim McNulty is the perfect person to have because we've had managers in the past who have been established managers, who have had the experience and they've not done anything with us. With Jim McNulty, similar to Keyfield back in the day, he knows the club, he knows yeah. how it's run, he's been at the club for several years, so you know he cares for us. And I think the good thing is with Jim McNulty, he's actually building, and he said this as well, he's building a squad who he knows these people, he knows the good characters around the club, because in the past couple of years, we've had bad apples in in around Rochdale, we've had people stirring the pot, we've had people who aren't good in the dressing room, I'm not going to name names, but we have had them kinds of people, and this kind of squad we have got now, they are young up-and-coming players, they want to play week in, week out, You've got your um, experienced players like Adam Clayton, as I mentioned. People came in for Cameron John and Ethan Ebanks Landell, and they've turned around and said, no, we're not going anywhere. We were part of what happened at Rochdale last season. We want to put it right. We want to be at this mm-hmm. club, which I respect 
because they could have gone they could have gone to um, league clubs, but I respect that. And I think the thing is with Jim McNulty, what people don't realise is he's not got the money that other clubs have got. Mm. People people want to come, like your Harvey Gilmore's wanted to come to Rochdale, your Adam Clayton's, because they got sold from Jim McNulty. What kind of place Rochdale, well, not actually the place Rochdale, but what club Rochdale is. And, I know. <laughs> and just like the atmosphere and everything. And we've needed someone like Jim McNulty for years now because we're getting that excitement back. Even though it's frustrating, we are getting like this good feel back. And that's what frustrates me with mm. our fans because... Mm. We have we don't have these funds. We we can't compete. And you've gone from oh, I'd be happy to survive relegation and build on it to now we're doing all right. We're getting a few wins. To oh, Jim McNulty out. And don't get me wrong, possession based football is so frustrating. It is so oh, frustrating, yeah. and I'm annoyed with it. But that's the style he wants to play. This is a style he's getting his players to play and. It's a whole new team. It's such young players. We have got all these injuries. Tyree Sinclair, I mean, come on. He was he was best absolutely, player. he was our best player. He was scoring. He was creating the chances. He's injured. So I think uh, our fans need to realise and give him a break. I, I feel think- like, as an Oldham fan, I feel like we're partly responsible. Well, we are responsible for the Tyree Sinclair. You are, and I'm fuming. <laughs> I think um, just... So, just yeah. what I'd say, just on, on Rochdale and, and Jim McNulty specifically, um, Halifax is a bit of a similar situation with Chris Millington. Um, you know, he's got a lot of stick from Halifax fans and a lot of it's been unfair. And I think we've got to realise is we've got one of the lowest budgets in the league, but because of the standard wild set, a bit like Dallas Al, um, we're expected to now be playoffs every single season. And although we're doing well, everyone's still com complaining because the football's not that attractive although it is effective as all three of you clubs will be aware when we've played you all we've all we've always defeated you three but yeah. I think Jim McNulty for me I don't think he's going to be the man that's going to get Rochdale back in the football league but for short term he's going to build a good foundation and get the club back yeah, exactly. yeah 100% yeah, yeah. I completely agree and to be fair our fans like playoffs this playoffs that we are not good enough right now don't get me wrong we've got some good players We've yeah. got some young upcoming talent, but we are not good enough right now to get promoted. The only thing that does bother me, and obviously I am worried about with not getting investment and with us not getting promoted, is I think you don't get funded. Your academies don't get funded, Divi. Is it? Is it the first it's, year you get funded or the first couple of years? I can't. Yeah, and then it's, it's, it's is it like forty percent? I think second year. Yeah, and that's what worries me because Rochdale is a club that obviously is based on academy players. We've had young prospects like Jamie Allen, Callum Camps, all different things. That's what worries me about that and not getting the investment. But at the same time, Jim McNulty now is using a lot of our young players. Obviously, we've signed a lot of our young players like your George Never as well. He's a brilliant prospect. He, I think he'll be our next up and coming. He'll go for quite big money, you know, like your Luke Matheson's with us and things like that. That's the only thing that worries me. But I will sit here right now and say we have got good players, but they are not good enough to get promoted. And if we were to get promoted, which we're not going to, and I'm sorry, but in an ideal world, all Rochelle fans know that we are not good enough to get promoted. And if we was to, we'd get relegated again. And then 
the worst worst thing might happen then. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I think Jim McNulty is the right man for now. Yeah. Because I just think he knows the club. It can get the it can get the positivity back. It can get the good. It can bring good times to us. Don't get me wrong. We, like I said, we're not going to get promoted, but we're winning games. We're drawing games. We're not getting thrashed every week. We're playing good football. We're scoring goals. We're letting goals in. Don't get me wrong, but it just frustrates me because it's it's fickle. But if we would have gone on a one at Wheelstone and been just outside the playoffs, like we were, like a point or so two points outside the playoffs, it would have been fine. I think, That's what annoys me. You know what, I, I think what's, what's similar, sorry, just sorry, just one more point. I think what's similar is, a bit like Oldham with Sheridan, is when they first <laughs> came down, Sheridan were there for stability, wasn't they? Yeah. And then, of course, they had the takeover. And then that's Sheridan, it, Sheridan, is like, Sheridan is like to Oldham, that, that ex-girlfriend that you know is not good, good for you, but you can't stop going back to. Yeah, but I just I think just just with including Sheridan in that is Jim McNulty. He's, he's like I said, he's not going to be the man that's going to take you in the football league. He's not going to provide a title charge. If Rochdale somehow got some more investment and were a club, which I think they will be at some point, be a club that have got one of the bigger budgets. That's when you start to get a more ambitious manager. Maybe that's the wrong word, but that, that's the word I can only mm. use at the moment. Um, but for the moment, Jim McNulty, I, I think he's a decent manager. I think he's, I think he's a genuine nice mm. guy as well, Dennis. So. 100%. It's in safe hands with him in charge because you yeah. know he wants the best for the club. Yeah. Just to finish on, on that, because I know that was quite a big section. I Sorry. feel like... <laughs> all right. I feel like Charles is that passionate about Rochdale that... I reckon you should uh, you should become Rochdale manager. You get the players playing for you in no no time. <laughs> I'd get fuming, wouldn't I? <laughs> I'd get fuming at him. But I think I think you would get the rage. I've I've, I've seen I've seen the wrong side of your rage, and it's it's quite scary. That's true. That is true. I think that's <laughs> the that's the only problem. I think with Jim McNulty. Don't get me wrong. We don't see it like. When he's giving his um, half time or full time, like in the dressing room, we don't see it. But his interviews and everything is just so nice, and I think he needs that bit of rage about him and that bit of like bite about him because even even in his post match interviews, he's always protecting the players, which is great. But I think sometimes he just needs that little bit of anger and that little bit of rage about him. But it's just because he's so nice. He needs to go to the post match interview school with Matt White. He does. But not have full on Mark White, just little glimpses. <laughs> <laughs> so to finish, so to finish up on, obviously we get another full card this weekend. Is there a fixture? I like I like doing this every week. It stands out for everyone this weekend. What is your fixture that you are of excluding your own club? They're definitely not ours. We've got older shot. We're getting battered. Um... <laughs> I've got a few. Ooh. You know what? I like the look of, because we've been big in them both, but I think the tastiest game for me is probably South End Chesterfield. I think that mm. is because it's a difficult place to go for any. South End have been a lot better at home, haven't they? So I, yeah. I'd agree with that one. I think it's that's a game where if any side's going to take points off Chesterfield this season, what's predictable, I think South End would be, would be the game for me. Um, yeah, that that'd be that'd be mine as well. I think I would say Rochdale Aldershot's going to yeah. be a good game because it screams like a lot of goals. To be fair to me, but I think Hartlepool York because both sides are struggling as well. Maybe 
you'd, you'd say one's going to maybe get a win that'll turn the season around, maybe. I'm going we to go struggle different. against big, strong strikers as well, and they've yeah. got a big, strong striker, York yeah, and Big have. Depot. I'm going to go really random. I'm going to go Eastleigh, um, Altrincham, because I think Altrincham have been playing really well. I think having unbeaten in 10, I think Eastleigh are obviously scoring goals as well at the minute, Mm -hmm. aren't they? So, yeah, I think that one for me. um, But I think Altrincham have got some really tricky players, a lot of good talent. Um, They've got, um, I think Regan Linney's back as well, and he looks a very good player. Alex Newby's obviously from Colchester and loan. So I think that'll be a good one. You know, I'm going to put another different game out of this. I'm going Barnet Gateshead. So Barnet coming off the yeah. back of the the four two loss, can they have bounce back ability? They're at home. Bounce back ability. What a word. They're at home to to Gateshead. You've definitely played. You've definitely played football manager with that with that. Uh, I know. <laughs> you know. It's an old. It's an Barnet old soccer no, no, not lost at home yet. And Gateshead just coming off the back of a six 0 win against Dorking. What a game that could be. So we've got a lot of good games coming up this weekend. I am really looking forward to getting back in here on Monday next week to talk about some of these games and the results because we've picked out three cracking games. And then look at the games of all of our own clubs as well. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. What a game. What a game. Hopefully, hopefully by the time uh, we come back to record on Monday, uh, Look, Sport Media will be home to two award winners. Yes, yes. award-winning hosts. Let's Aaron, get it. Look, good luck. Good luck Cheers. on Thank Thursday. You. Bring it home Thank for you. us all. I can't wait to see plenty. Send pictures, send videos in. I know you'll be sending yeah. voice clips in all night, Aaron. I just want to Mate, see what's going you, on. You'll get plenty of drunken voice notes as well. So that's a different level. <laughs> that's- that's a different level, let me tell you. Just re- just remember to send it into the right group chat. Yeah, chat. and I'm with Liam, by the way. So anything anything that goes wrong is on Liam's head. Yeah, like Liam is a, Liam is a responsible adult. So Liam is not a responsible. adult. I was going to say <laughs> he's definitely not a responsible adult. Yeah, I want to say a big, big thank you for coming on this week. It has been an absolute pleasure having you on. Thank you for Hopefully. having me. Hopefully, it's yeah. the first of many, many appearances from you. And anyone who's listening for the first time, who's listened to Shar on the Absolute Podcast or Absolutely Lower League Live on Thursdays, drop us a follow. Give us a listen if you've liked what you've been listening to. There's nothing wrong with listening to more than one podcast. It'd be good. Exactly. But for any of our listeners who haven't listened to Shar before, don't forget. The absolute, the absolute lower league, uh, absolute football podcast is on Spotify as well, and absolutely lower league does go live on Thursdays as well on YouTube. Obviously, tune into that after you've you've listened to our breakdown show and just go in. You can rewind back to start and go all the way through. You can interact with them as well, but just remember, listen to us first. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with doing that, or you can run no. it on two devices. Just do whatever the heck you want to do. I'm fitting on seven o'clock. <laughs> 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 have you had have you had fun, Shar? I have had fun. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. I've enjoyed talking football with you. It's it's nice to actually be on and talk like national league. It's not really. You want to be in football. I don't have many national league friends, so it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's I, higher than us. <laughs> I'm get I'm get I'm getting there. I'm getting there slowly but surely. But everyone, <laughs> once again, thank you very much for listening. This has been. It's been great fun again this week. Yeah. Don't forget, 
You need to plug when, the other podcasts. Though, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I, need to, I get in trouble last week for not plugging the other podcast. So don't forget, on Spotify, we have not only this podcast, we have our League 2, League 1 and Championship podcast. If you've not rated this show, please rate us five stars on Spotify or Apple Music or whatever it is you listen to. In the comments, comment, whatever the hell you like. It doesn't really matter what you comment. It doesn't, doesn't have an effect on the rating. Just rate it five stars. Don't forget to head over to our YouTube channel, hit subscribe and go to the little bell button that will notify you when we go live on YouTube for any of our shows. Now, I've got a couple of really, really exciting things I am going to plug right now that we are doing over the next week or so. We have two exciting interviews lined up. We, this week, we are interviewing both Pete Wilde and Andy Woodman. So yes. these are going to be coming out in the next couple of weeks. We cannot wait to get them out. Two fantastic managers, Woodman at the top end of the National League with Bromley and Pete Wilde, who took Halifax nearly to promotion and now is doing a phenomenal job with Barrow. These are going to be two great podcasts. We will be sort of, I think I'm hosting one of them at least, Andy Woodman anyway. So it's going to be good. Guys, Enjoy, have a great week, drive safe. We will see you next week. We've been Luke Sports Media. Cheers, guys. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.